back to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back on the block with Strick and Bach. I'm Jake Bachman. Big Sky sitting in for the ticket water cooler portion of the show. Uh, but got about a half an hour of that left. And Eric Strickland, the Husker Hall of Famer, will join us. Kind of break down uh, some good and some bad things over the weekend in Husker women's and men's basketball. Two losses, so they're not necessarily a winner amongst the group. But I think women's basketball... Um, Overall, a winner. Uh, despite losing to Iowa, it was a it was a fun game. 95-86. Iowa shot the lights out, um, but uh, it was PBA was was rocking. So that was pretty cool to see. Uh, Lincoln is, is starting to get behind the women's basketball team. Of course, after their top ten win the game before this Iowa one. Unfortunately, uh, top 25's out. The, the top 10 win doesn't do you any good, I guess, if you lose to the 22nd ranked team in Iowa. It's Nebraska not elevated to the top 25. Very disappointed to see that. Of course, Husker men's basketball losing 93-65 to over the league to Rutgers. So plenty to catch up on that, too, with Eric Strickland in about a half an hour. And want to say this again, 415, Samaki Walker, former NBA player, a teammate of Strick, uh, on those early teams, with, or those uh, those Kobe and Shaq teams of the early 2000s, uh, he will join us as well. So that's going to be a big get for on the block. That'll be fun. Uh, but as we go through uh, the news of today, uh, of course, just want to – there's a lot going on, so I'll probably update this at, at the top of every segment. Nebraska hired Bill Bush to the special teams coordinator position. Everybody's kind of been waiting for that. Uh, Mike Dawson, it was announced, will uh, help with the interior defensive line as long as well as the edge rushers. Uh, Caleb Tanner has announced he's returning for his fifth year. Um, Scott Frost tested positive for COVID, we learned yesterday, so he's going to be working from home this week. Much like myself, again, 2020 vibes are creeping in again here with the with the new virus that's spreading. Um, and Zach Wiegert, actually, 2022 College Football Hall of Fame within the last a uh, couple hours, that's been announced. Former Outland winner, award winner, um, and uh, All-American there on the 90s Pipeline team. So that's exciting. Uh, but, of course, maybe more exciting than that, depending on, you know, how big of a Husker fan you are and how much you just like football, <laughs> is the NFL playoffs are set. Super wild card weekend looks like a blast. Big Sky in studio with me. First of all, um, great week of NFL football, and we will get to how the Huskers kind of finish their years in the NFL, as we always want to kind of look at it from that different angle. we got a lot of Husker fans listening. Um, but how excited are you for Super Wild Card Weekends, particularly Wild Card Monday, which is going to be a first uh, in NFL history. Next weekend, we'll be get ready for a Monday playoff game. That one particularly will be the Rams-Cardinals, so a good matchup as well. But Monday Night Football in the playoffs, I love it. I mean, I'm excited to see the new playoff format at work. But in general, I'm a little bit lukewarm about Wild Card Weekend, but that's because my Packers are the number one seed in the NFC. So I, I don't have a rooting <laughs> interest that this this first weekend. So Yeah, well, you're sitting pretty well there, so I wouldn't worry about it. And, of course, uh, the Packers getting the NFC by, the, the Titans uh, getting the AFC by. So uh, it'll be fun. Running down Super Wild Card Weekend Saturday uh, will be the Raiders, who just got dramatic. I mean, one on the last second field goal in overtime. So they'll take on the Bengals on Saturday at 4.30 Eastern, so 3.30 uh, Central time. The Patriots will take on the Bills, a nice little AFC East matchup on Saturday as well. Sunday, you'll have the Eagles and the Bucks, the 49ers and the Cowboys on Nickelodeon, of all things, uh, as well as CBS. 
and the Steelers and the Chiefs, which is uh, those teams seem to match up a lot in the playoffs. So that'll be exciting. The next, of course, Monday, like I said, Cardinals and the Rams. But I did want to go through uh, the stats for some guys in the NFL, catch up to some Huskers in the NFL as their uh, season has ended. Uh, so we'll just kind of run through some stats here. I'll let you give some thoughts about these groups and some of these guys here as well, Big Sky. We'll start off. I have four different categories uh, for the guys. We'll start off with the practice squad, guys. These guys did not uh, get a statistic, but they still are collecting paychecks and playing in the NFL, so hats off to them. Darian Daniels, of course, the older brother of Damian Daniels, uh, is in the 49ers practice squad, so we'll see if Damian can uh, – can join his brother in the league next year. It's to be expected. Khalil Davis on the Steelers practice squad all year long. Of course, after being traded from the Bucks or let go from the Bucks, I should say, um, I believe earlier this year or preseason. Lamar Jackson, last year's starter for the Jets, has been on the practice squad all year at cornerback. Richie Incognito, I believe, has been on the IR all year, as well as Joshua Calusa. Not much to break down. But how about our rookies? We'll go through our rookies here. Uh, Brennan Hymas played in 10 games as a reserve, and Matt Farniak, Played in 12 games as a reserve. Hymas, of course, with the Chargers. So his uh, playoff, I mean, he'll jump into the playoffs. Uh, Farniak doing the same with the Cowboys. Uh, kind of weird, more so than anything, to reflect on that rookie offensive line class is that, um, wow, those guys uh, maybe were underrated while they were at Nebraska and certainly could have used those guys another year if they could have had them last year because the offensive line was uh, probably the biggest problem on the team. I mean, Let's I. See what else, uh, oh, I was I was just gonna say oh, I, go I I saw Stanley Morgan had a nice uh, punt ta- uh, punt coverage tackle yesterday against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I got a nice hey, little note from uh, Jake Sorensen here. He uh, included a Dolphins logo in the note, and of course we have to be mourning all <laughs> Dolphins fans today as they let go of possibly the number one head coaching candidate uh, in the NFL right now. But yes, I I appreciate and. I wanted to say this last week when we wished happy birthday to Ndamukong Sue, but shout out to Ndamukong Sue and Levante David for keeping Pro Big Red going for the last 10 years, almost completely by themselves, with the exception of uh, some of the exceptional athletes in other uh, sports. But as for NFL, it's mainly been Ndamukong Sue, Levante David, a little bit of Prince of Mukamara as well. But uh, yeah, I- I'm glad that we're finally getting some guys who are finding success in the league again, because it seemed like for a while there it was kind of like Sam Cook, Sue. David, and that was all we had for our Husker contingent. Yeah, and then Randy Gregor wouldn't play, so that was part of the problem too. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, overall it's growing. It's it's in, in, in this next year of rookie class uh, will help make it bigger. Uh, a couple other guys from the rookies that that did well this year. Jack Stoll um, found his spot uh, with the Eagles. Of course, ended up getting injured, but four receptions for 22 yards in his rookie year. Very exciting because if you're a Husker tight end fan, I guess, or Oscar football fan, I should just say, is that, you know, he was kind of replaced by two guys, uh, Austin Allen and Travis Vokalek a few years ago, and now he's found his way with the Eagles. So, uh, obviously, Allen off to the pros, too, after this year, um, so no longer will help you, but you knew you had an NFL guy there. Uh, maybe Vokalek can, can kind of uh, find that as well, since he at one time was battling with Stoll and got the best of him there. DiCaprio Boodle, also a rookie with the Chiefs. He had eight tackles this year uh, on to my next group the market down these guys got some statistics um not not the practice squad not rookies uh, but these guys did a little bit in the nfl which is a, a huge deal for anybody obviously um doesn't hit my next group of every sunday type of guys but uh just to get 
you know, play even a few minutes in the NFL is a, is, is a privilege. It's very cool to see. Carlos Davis of the Steelers had five tackles. Chris Jones of the Titans finished with five tackles this year. Freedom Akinmulden finished with two tackles with the Jets. And Divino Zigbo uh, ended up with the Patriots practice squad. But with the Saints, he ends the year with negative three yards rushing. He just had one attempt for negative three yards in uh, reception for seven yards. So at least if you want to feel better about yourself, you can say you finished with more yards than a NFL running back did this year. But we're not picking on Divine. He, he's obviously living his dream out there uh, in the NFL. Will Compton, uh, he's been through a ride the last couple weeks. He was let go, brought back. He ended up with the Raiders. And obviously they're moving on to the playoffs. We'll see if he's stuck with the playoff roster. But he had one tackle this year. Now we'll get to the every Sunday type of guys, the guys you were talking about, um, that kind of the flag bearers in the NFL for Nebraska. A few guys to mention. Nick Gates was a team captain with the Giants before he suffered career-threatening leg injury, obviously, in the second game this year. So he just started two games before the injury. But he's kind of a cool story. He's played in every position for the Giants on that offensive line. Hopefully he can get back out there. I know he's had, at, I, last, I, last I checked, he's had six surgeries to repair that leg. Um, so we kind of knew it was devastating once it happened, but it's been tough to get going again. Uh, Seaton Carter for those Dolphins had uh, two receptions for 16 yards. Sam Cook, a longtime NFL uh, vet, as you mentioned, 71 punts for 44.4 average uh, per punt. 16th season as the Ravens punter. So talk about a good sixth-round pick paying off in 2006. Um, Brett Maher, as long as we're on the, the kicking and punting duties, uh, Brett Maher has uh, jumped on with the Saints as his as season wrapped up the other day. 16 of 18 um, for uh, for Brett Maher this year with a long of 42, 10 of 12 for extra points. But uh, it's kind of interesting. He kind of came in as kind of a reserve uh, field goal kicker. We'll see if, if that was good enough to, to get him a spot next year. Hopefully it will be. Uh, as we continue to make our way through the list. Amir Abdullah, the Panthers, uh, picked up Amir Abdullah after the Vikings let him go. 51 attempts for 166 yards this year, 3.3 yards per carry. That's actually the most attempts in yards that he's had since 2017 with Detroit. Um, mostly used as a special teams type of guy with the Vikings the last couple of years, but the Panthers actually put him to work as a running back. So also out of the backfield, he did well. Career highs with 38 receptions and 289 yards for Amir. So hopefully he's kind of revitalized his career. You mentioned Stanley Morgan. He had two receptions for 11 yards this year. Also 11 tackles on special teams with the Bengals. Andy Janovich, uh, another guy that <laughs> that's kind of got a fun stat line here. Two attempts, zero yards, and a touchdown for Andy Janovich on the year running the ball. Uh, Luke Gifford of the Cowboys had 11 tackles. Uh, Randy Gregory of the Cowboys had 19 tackles, six sacks, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and an interception this year with the Cowboys. Rex Burkhead had a Texan had a career high with the Texans, 122 carries, 427 yards for 3.5 yards per carry, three touchdowns on the ground, also 25 receptions for 186 yards. And then uh, Malik Collins with the Texans had a career high, 28 tackles, two and a half sacks, an interception and a fumble recovery this year. Then, as you mentioned, Levante David and Ndamukong Sue leading the way in the NFL um, for the Huskers. Uh, Ndamukong Sue actually career low 27 tackles, but he was uh, otherwise pretty disruptive. Six sacks, seven tackles for loss, and a fumble recovery for the defending champs, who obviously go into the playoffs. And right behind him, of course, as they line up is Levante David, who is second on the Bucks this year with 97 tackles, despite only playing in 12 games. Uh, added two sacks, five tackles for loss, two fumble recoveries, and a fumble uh, excuse me, two fumbles forced and a fumble recovery there um, for 
Levante David. I don't know if you're going to get type of all pro type of recognition this year from David or Sue, but they had solid careers. And some of the other guys, of course, Gregory kind of had his breakout year, like we said, with Burkhead and, and, uh, and Abdullah kind of getting more looks than they have had in the last couple of years. So just kind of a cool bunch this year. And as you mentioned, hopefully this, this time next year, uh, I'll have to etch out a little bit more time for this topic um, so that I could run down a few more Huskers that, as the group hopefully continues to grow, and I think it will with this draft class. I'm just hoping we can get a little bit more. Uh, I mean, Huskers in the uh, NFL is good, but I want like more quality Huskers in the, in the NFL, more guys that are making some noise to give a little bit of show what Nebraska can do for kids. I think it'll help recruiting a little bit. If there's a guy who goes out there and has an all pro season, like if Randy Gregory can make a pro bowl and a Cowboys fan, who's kind of like looking at where he might want to go to college and he wants, he really likes Randy Gregory molds his game after Randy Gregory. Here's him say he went to Nebraska. That can be a helpful thing in recruiting. So I want more high level Huskers in the NFL. Yeah, that, that would be great. Of course, that would reflect that you are having kind of a high-level program altogether. Not necessarily been the case, but uh, hopefully it will be that way moving forward with some of the moves they made. Uh, I did want to mention this as we did kind of tease it, too. If you're an NFL fan and you're just getting caught up on Black Friday, you mentioned the Dolphins firing Brian Flores um, even after he just kind of I mean, after the miraculous run they made in the second half of the season, apparently they still didn't like that first half of the season, which is fair, but... Um, Dolphins fan, especially Jake Sorensen, we've heard about it uh, all day at the ticket. It's 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 kind of a weird look. You now maybe they're going after Jim Harbaugh. There's kind of been that type of talk, but that seems like that seemed like the shocker of the day. Um, some of the other ones that happened, not so surprising. Mike Zimmer of the Vikings let go, as well as GM Rick Spielman. Um, so. There is that connection there with the Spielmans, of course, where Nebraska's had some guys, Tommy Armstrong, Terrell New, the guys in the past get that Vikings tryout. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen without Rick Spielman in the office anymore, but of course the Vikings with Zimmer, it, it's been a long time. Seems like they've they've peaked. Um, I've seen other Vikings fans uh, kind of say maybe it's the quarterback in that situation, but they still have one year left on Kirk Cousins' contract. Um, so they'll give it the shot to somebody else to, to see if they can pull it off. Not surprisingly that it happened, but maybe surprising that he made it all the way through the season is the Bears' Matt Nagy <laughs> somehow made it all the way through the season. Um, but in Chicago, they, the Windy City decided to let him go today. And then uh, David Gettleman, also of the Giants, the GM there, retired. Not necessarily let go, but on Black, for, uh, Black Monday, eh, he might have been pushed out the door a little bit there. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it's just that his his time, his season there ended with the Giants. But um, I, I like to speculate, and it's a speculative move. <laughs> uh, the Dolphins owner, Stephen M. Ross, actually went out and confidently said that even though he is a huge Michigan fan and donates mil hundreds of millions of dollars to Michigan, he will not be stealing Michigan's coach. So Jim Harbaugh to the Dolphins is off. Well, he doesn't want to steal him, but if, what, if he, what if he hears about him inter, uh, you know, interviewing with Chicago? I, I, hey, I'm just telling you what the guy said. He said he loves Jim Harbaugh, but he is not going to take Michigan's head coach. Yeah, I saw that. that. That's interesting. I also saw like reports out on maybe Pat Fitzgerald getting an interview in Chicago, obviously Northwestern right in that city. That would be interesting. He's obviously coming off a very tough year with Northwestern, but before this past year, he was kind of in the NFL talks too. I would be surprised if Fitzgerald took the Chicago job, considering he declined the he just declined to interview for the Green Bay Packers opening when Matt Lafleur became the head coach. So he seems pretty content with where he's at with Northwestern. Uh, but if he does want to go to Chicago, that's perfectly fine with me. Anything to keep Brian Flores 
out of the NFC North is great with me. <laughs> you started your, you started fearing Brian Flores now. Huh? Well, I wanted him when the Packers originally had their opening, and he interviewed with the Packers. They went with Lafleur. That worked out fantastically. Uh, so now just keep quality head coaching coaches out of the NFC North is fine with me. Just keep them away from Minnesota. Keep them away from Chicago. They can go hire two bums. That's great. I just want to keep the incompetency <laughs> going. To, I was going to say, it's almost weird to hear a Packers fan even care about the rest of the NFC North because it always ends up the same way. Well, you know, those teams find a way to screw themselves out of an opportunity, and, and Green Bay just keeps – chugging along with their franchise quarterbacks for the better part of three decades now. So uh, that's kind of where we're at there in the NFC North. Uh, we will take a break uh, because we're up against the clock. But when we come back, we will jump into some of the Husker basketball talk. Uh, like I said, I, I want to jump into that with Strick here in about 15 minutes. But I wanted to get your thoughts, Big Sky, as well as you guys out there on the text line. Uh, you can hit us up 424-464-5685 on the Honda of Lincoln uh, text line. Um, just give, kind of give us your thoughts of where you're at with the Nebraska basketball program, particularly the men's, uh, now losers of seven of their last eight. Uh, of course, our, our, our colleague and friend there, Steve Sipple, wrote an article that maybe kind of grabs some eyes across Husker basketball, thinking, you know, at, at some point, is there a time to say that Hoiberg needs to be put on the hot seat? That's, so that's where we are, hot seat talk. That's next here on On the Block. We're stricken Buck, the, water, the ticket water cooler portion on 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs> 